We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Episode 1434 of No BS Job Search Advice Radio, the number one show in Apple Podcasts for job hunting. I'm Jeff Alpin, the big game hunter, and welcome. This is Sunday, and I'm continuing my theme of longer interviews that I originally did for Job Search Radio before I shut that show down less than a month ago. And this is one where we talk about, quote-unquote, stealth networking and the mistake of that kind of networking uh, with Harry Urschel. Hope you find this helpful. It is a good show. It's about 30 minutes in length. And, you know, I'll simply say, if you'd like my help with your job search, I'd love to do that. Obviously, I charge a fee for coaching you throughout the search or for different discrete elements of it. But reach out to me through LinkedIn to connect at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Mention that you heard the show because I like knowing I'm helping some folks. Once connected, send me a message that you're interested in coaching. We'll set up time for a free discovery call. And I've got a lot more on my website, thebiggamehunter.us. Just go to the blog and go exploring. You'll find a lot of great stuff there. Now, let's get going. My guest today is Harry Urschel. Harry is the, pra- the Minneapolis practice leader for the search practice of Baker Tilly, a large international accounting firm. He's also a volunteer job search coach and amateur writer in the Minneapolis area with well over 25 years of career, sorry, career development experience. He teaches job search courses, leads networking groups, and authors the wisejobsearch.com, a terrific tool for job hunters. Harry, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on board. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. Thank you. And, you know, LinkedIn gets a lot of attention from job seekers. Um, there are a lot of reasons I think it does, but fundamentally it gets, I think, an enormous amount of attention, and thus people tend to neglect what I think is a far more effective tool for many of them, in-person networking. Am I right here? Do you agree, or am I barking up the wrong tree here? No, Jeff, actually, I think you're very right, is that uh, it's easier for people to spend spend time in front of their computer, and and, uh, there's obviously a wealth of information there, but LinkedIn is a tremendous tool, but best used as a launching pad to get out and actually talk to real live people, which I understand is, you know, certainly outside of the comfort zone for many people, but uh, a real necessity if you're going to do an effective job search these days. So in putting together an effective job search, you know, how does someone start the process of in-person networking? Um, you know, I know you can call up what we used to be a Rolodex, but, you know, contact the people on your phone list. But where, where do you think people should start? How should they proceed? You know, I think it, part of it is just starting with uh, setting, getting your mindset right. When you're in a job search, 
everything is about your job search, <laughs> or you should be thinking of it that way. And so everybody you run into is a potential networking contact. Um, if you're walking in the mall or you're at the grocery store and you run into somebody you haven't seen for years or worked with in the past or maybe uh, somebody that you know currently, but um, get into a conversation with them, eventually it's going to turn around to, uh, you know, what are you currently doing? And and you can tell them you're currently looking for a job and, and be Oh, I can't to... say that. I'm <laughs> desperate. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be a stealth job, job hunter doesn't work too well. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's what people try to do. Um, but uh, the more people that are aware that you're interested in hearing about opportunities or aware of that you're interested in hearing about other good contacts for you, your odds improve dramatically. So somehow I get the idea that people have to get out from behind the screen and actually talk to people. Exactly. Yeah, I actually wrote about that recently is uh, in your job search, step away from the computer. <laughs> you, you certainly want to uh, use the resources there, but uh, if the majority of your time is in front of a screen, it's not going to be very productive for you. And I, I teach an eight-week class on job search uh, strategies. Over the last eight years, I've been doing that. And, and uh, most of the time, the people that come, come after they've been, you know, either days or weeks or months in front of their computer and getting absolutely no results. You mean job boards are not the answer? <laughs> you know, these days I think if you're a, a you know a web developer or uh, you know certain uh, aspects of accounting are very hot, and you can probably get away with uh, sending in a resume and and getting a call and getting a job. But for most of the rest of us, it's going to take a little bit more than that. <laughs> and, and I've been joking around a little bit, but. It, it's deadly serious for most job hunters that what they do is get out, get out of the house, get out from behind the screen, and start talking to people. Yeah, one of my early guests was a guy named John Sampson, who's one of the first super networkers I ever met in recruiting, and I've been doing this for more than 40 years. And John's philosophy started off with, you get out of the house, you start talking to people. And I remember him telling me a story about someone who he had been coaching. Um, he was um, a senior VP with a banking institution, as I recall. And he was looking for a job. He was online all the time. And his cleaning person came over to him and said, can I get a copy of your resume? And you know, being as as as, cla you know, as as class opposed as possible, he politely you know, kind of ignored her. And she asked two or three more times over ensuing visits. And finally, his wife came to him and said, Could, would you give her the resume? And the woman happened to be doing this as, as part of a religious practice to clean homes. And her husband was a bank president. I love stories like that. I, I hear those kind of things all the time, and that's, you know, so many times people tell me that, uh, well, I don't know who to network with. I don't know high-powered people, or I don't know people, very many people in my industry or hiring managers, but you never know where your best leads are going to come from, and it's often from the least likely sources. One of my favorite stories was uh, someone in one of my classes that uh, um, he was at church one day after the service there he's standing around talking with somebody else and they were asking about his job search and and he's saying you know it's been kind of tough and and within the earshot there was this woman who he vaguely knew he didn't know her well but it was an 85 year old grandmother and who had never worked outside the home and she was one of these uh get in your face kind of people and she overheard that he's looking for a job and she comes up to him she says you're looking for a job he says yeah she says uh, uh what are you looking for he says well i'm an it director and she says 
long pause, and she says, what's that? And he's, as he's describing this to me, he says, you know, I'm, I'm explaining to her what I do, but inside my head, my eyes are rolling back, and I'm thinking, what am I wasting my time with this for? And uh, she didn't quite get what he was talking about, but she says, well, give me your phone number and, and everything else. And so she, he gives her her phone number, and they walk away. The next day, he gets a call from her son, who owns a mid-sized company and is looking for a new IT director. <laughs> and it's, you know, he was ready to walk away and, and blow her off completely, and here was a great job opportunity. You don't know where it comes from, so don't dismiss anybody or take anyone too lightly. And I always remind people about some of the ones that they tend to forget about. Now, you talked about someone in church. I always think in terms of clergy people. Now, if you're involved uh, with a church, a mosque, a synagogue, whatever your religious practice is, you know, there's a religious leader who might know of some things that you don't because congregants may have mentioned something to them. Absolutely. They're wonderful people in that work. And, and, and another group that I think uh, tends to get ignored uh, are vendors to your previous firm. You know, yep. there, are people, there are people that have seen you work before, uh, might want to get you positioned into a client of theirs because you've been faithful to them, uh, and they look good to their client if they recommend someone who's hired. Right. You know, it's you think outside the box. People think of, you know, who are only people in my industry or field, but uh, it, it, like I say, it can be anyone. And, uh, you know, who are, who's your barber or, or hairdresser? I mean, they're talking to a new person every 30 or 40 minutes. And so uh, the chances are they know of some people. And who who is your dry cleaner and your your accountant and your lawyer? And, and anybody you know they, that talks to a lot of other people are great connections for you. Um, the other thing, mistake I think people make is they talk to a lot of people, but they're always asking if they know of a job. And people just aren't walking job boards. Most of them don't know what's open at their own companies. And so helping them change their thinking in terms of who are people that you think would be worthwhile for me to talk to versus do you know of a particular opening is, is the key. You want to, I think it helps to um, kind of paint a mental picture for them, understanding that uh, your job during your job search is to connect with as many people as you can and get one step closer each time to uh, somebody that might have the right opportunity for you. So looking for names versus jobs. If, if they know, if they, as soon as they understand you're unemployed, if they know of a job that's available, they're going to tell you. It's just human nature. They want to help. But uh, if uh, it doesn't occur to them that you want other names of other people to talk to. And how would you language that request? How would you... What, what would you specifically say to that person to get them to say that? I, I want my audience to hear that as clearly as possible. Absolutely. I think being very deliberate about it and uh, in plain English, you know, that my job during the job, my job search is actually to connect as many people as I can because each one may have a lead that gets me a step closer to the appropriate job. So I'm really just following a trail of breadcrumbs from one to the other. If uh, I really was hoping you might be able to uh, give me the next couple of breadcrumbs, next couple of people to talk to that uh, would potentially know of other people that would be worthwhile. Um, so any Anybody that you think of that uh, are good networkers themselves are great connections for me. If there's um, 
people that you think of that you would talk to if you were in my position. I'd love to chat with them or anybody that you know that's in my field or at these these specific companies are very helpful to me. So give them a number of options. You know, throw out a number of examples or questions. Um, people like to give an elevator speech, but then they just let it lay there. They never ask a question to get anything in return. And so everybody at the end of the elevator speech, everybody smiles and nods, but that's all that happens, and then it feels awkward, and people think, well, this networking thing doesn't work for me. <laughs> but uh, you have to take it to the next step. I'm not a big fan of elevator pitches. Uh, matter of fact, on an earlier show, I, refer, I, I start to say, let's ditch the pitch. Because invariably, what happens is most people's eyes glaze over as the job hunter vomits all over them. Exactly. No, I, no, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think you do have to have an elevator's pitch, but it's not what most people think of as that. Um, I think if you do have to be prepared to tell what you do and what you're looking for, but in a very conversational, simple ter- terms. If you're an accountant, people get what an accountant does. You don't have to explain anything. And to just give a bunch of uh, achievements you've done, most people could care less. But just to say, you know, I've been an accountant for the last 15 years and am looking for a role, preferably in a manufacturing company, that's all you need. It doesn't have to be 30 seconds. It can be said in five, you know, effectively. Now, if you're something like a Unix systems engineer, you might have to simplify that for for people to get a better understanding. But, you know, you can be as simple as I, I help make sure that the computer systems and companies work properly so that people aren't running into problems. And so I'm interested in talking to anybody else that works with computers at, at other companies. Um, keeping it simple as possible is key. You can make it sound corporate and, and put a bunch of lingo in and make it sound impressive, and everybody is impressed, but you get no response because they feel like you're out of their league or they just didn't understand what you're talking about. It's one thing to be detailed with someone you know understands. But exactly. if you're talking to a civilian, you just can't be that detailed because their eyes glaze over. You know, they start looking beyond you for how they can escape. Right. They want to get off the elevator. Two things, two things I uh, stress to my classes all the time is, is brevity is a virtue and keep it simple, silly. <laughs> so just uh, as simple as, and yeah, you know, if a Unix systems engineer is talking to uh, somebody in IT that gets it, then certainly you can go get more deeper in the weeds about what you've done. But uh, um, yeah, if you're talking to the stay-at-home mom next door, you're not going to be able to explain to her about Perl scripting and kernel programming. <laughs> <laughs> She'll think the kernel involves corn, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, exactly. And folks, we're going to be back with more from Harry Urschel in just a moment. But first, I want to give you my job search insider tip for this show. And this is a little trick I developed for situations when you're in an in-person interview and you feel like you're losing the audience, you're losing the interviewer's attention pretty early on. You know, I've used the phrase, their eyes glaze over. Well, you have a sense that they're just lost in their own thoughts and they're not really paying attention. What I found over the years is one of the simplest tricks for pulling that interviewer back in and getting their attention is to shift in the chair a little bit. Maybe you cough while you do it, but you do something physical that moves you, and often that gets their attention back focused to you and what you're saying. 
I don't want to make this seem like a big thing, but you know, a, a couple of simple movements, like I said, shift in the chair, cross your leg a different way, whatever it is. It's a physical movement and perhaps a cough, and you're able to rein that person back in. So that's my tip for this show. Let's come back to Harry and continue our conversation. So let's keep going talking about networking. And, and basically, we're, we're in complete agreement here about everything that we've talked about so far. When you're talking to your classes and you're telling them about networking, what do you tell them about after this? Now, what sort of additional pointers do you give them? I think as we uh, have been talking about that, Talking to live people versus anything on the computer is so much more effective. It's easy for them to ignore an email. It's uh, not easy to ignore talking to you. You know, most of the time, if you call someone up, you're going to probably get a voicemail first time around. But even that is a little bit more a, a next step beyond an email. It's harder for them to ignore a voicemail than an email. They might not call you back, but you're going to be more recognizable when you call the back again and catch them another time uh, versus just having left an email that they never read. Um, so that personal contact is, is so critical, and, and that's the part that scares most people, I think, about networking. But I think often they think of it as some magical thing that you have to learn when, in fact, it's just building relationships. Get out and talk to people. Figure out how you can enjoy the process yourself and, and learn things from them. And, and uh, people love talking about themselves, so ask them questions about how they got to where they're at in their career or in their company, and uh, it opens up the conversation. The, kept, the, the key is getting them to talk as much as you can. One of the... Um coaching points that I always give candidates when they're going to interview. And I think it's very useful in networking. One of the little tricks I tell people in recognizing whether they've done well on an interview is the more the interviewer is talking, the more they like you. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And in networking, you want to encourage the person you're networking with to talk. Uh, with questions, uh, you want them to offer advice to you. So you can say one question that's kind of open-ended, like you offered the example before, how did you get to where you are now uh, in an informational interview? And this person goes on for three to five minutes talking about themselves, and then you'll follow up with another question, and they're going to talk some more. And at the end of the conversation, they're going to think to themselves, that person was really interesting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. People love to talk about themselves, and especially if they're being looked to as the expert or the, the one that uh, is has kind of the upper hand in the situation, they're going to appreciate that a lot more. If you're just talking the whole time, they're not even listening. Now, um, I'm sorry, please I was, continue. I was just going to say the next key part of it, though, is the follow-up, and this is, I think, where a lot of people drop the ball as well, is oftentimes they'll have a conversation and nothing comes from it, but uh, making a point of getting an email address from, and preferably a phone number from everybody you talk to so that you can follow up afterwards, just thanking them for their time, reminding them just extremely briefly, reminding them you know, what you're looking for and any other names that they may know would be really appreciated, and then probably once a month or once every five or six weeks, send out a 
email updates to a blast to everybody you've talked to. Just uh, um, you know, making sure to put everybody in the blind copy fields of your email, but uh, just saying you know I appreciated the uh, conversations we've had before. Um, uh, have a, had a lot of uh, things going on this last month in terms of um, networking meetings and interviews, but still I'm open to hearing about other opportunities or other good contacts uh, as well. And so anybody that might come to mind, I hear from people that do that consistently and do it professionally and briefly. Um, they get more leads from that each month than, than anything else they do. The big mistake I think a lot of people make is they make the request one time. Right. You, know, you, meet, you meet someone one time, you say, who do you know, who, and that's the last contact you have with that person. And in fact, sometimes that person just couldn't think of it at that moment, but you send them a message again and they can think of it. Uh, exactly. Well, yeah, what often happens, I think, is, you know, a week or three weeks later, something comes to mind and they think, well, you know, three weeks have gone by, they've probably found a job by now, so they're, they drop it. And, or they don't know how to get in touch with you. But if they get an email from you and have your contact information and see that you're still looking, absolutely they'll follow up. And people like to be helpful as, as a general rule. Obviously, obviously there's some exceptions, but if they can point you to somebody or something that, they, they feel good about themselves. The immediate thank you email uh, is always a nice touch because it solves the problem of if something comes to mind, how can they get in touch with you? Exactly. They've got your and so make sure your email has all your contact information in it. It amazes me how many times people uh, send an email and, well, obviously their email address is there from, from sending it in the first place, but they don't have a, uh, it's not explicit in the body of the email or they don't have a phone number in there and so they, they make it harder on people to reach them. And you never want to make it hard on them. You always want it to be an easy process for others to help you. They're expending an effort. You want to make it easy for them to expend that effort. So set up a sign an automated signature as part of your email address, uh, emails during your search, name, phone number, uh, email address, LinkedIn page, because you can always ask them to endorse you on LinkedIn, right? And you want to take them directly to that page where they can endorse you. That's another form of help. So I, I mentioned that word again, Harry, LinkedIn. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a fantastic tool. It's just don't live on LinkedIn. Use what you find there. I, In fact, I had my class last night, and we spent a whole session on LinkedIn, but uh, with the intent of here's a number of ways you can find great information and people so that you can get out and actually talk to people uh, live. And that's, that's the key. If you use that as a launching pad instead of your sole means of, of uh, reaching out. Mm -hmm. And reaching out, do you, do you encourage people to use Skype as a reach out or, or FaceTime or one of those tools? No, I haven't. Um, because I frankly haven't thought about it. My, you know, the, that kind of topic comes up fairly often when people ask about uh, doing kind of a video resume to post online or something like that. I, personally, I think very few people can come across engaging in a video. You kind of, you know, I, I've got a great face for radio versus TV <laughs> or video. And so, um, but it's hard, I think, in in video in any form to, to be engaging. You can do it in person much better. And so I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of using those kind of tools for that. I know 
I'm just going to speak to video resumes. I'm not a fan of them either. The first one I received was in the early 1980s when someone sent me a a VHS tape (laughs) of them them reading their resume to me behind a, a blue screen. (laughs) <laughs> I must tell you, it was one of the most boring things I've ever seen. Yeah. I, again, a man with a face for radio, just like me, just like you, <laughs> reading his resume to me, and it was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't understand well, you know, the I think idea the, of engaging an audience. Right. Well, and I think the other problem with it is, you know, to be honest, nobody really reads resumes top to bottom. They scan it up and down all the time, and they're picking out phrases and words here and there to, to find what they're looking for. And so you can do that process pretty quickly. On a video, you're kind of locked in for that period of time. And so um, most people wouldn't have the patience or you know, wouldn't watch the whole thing. I sure didn't. <laughs> so yeah. I was curious what your thoughts were about Skype and FaceTime and you know, we we all agree on the VHS tapes. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know that I'd do anything. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. oversight. No, I just was agreeing with you. I, I don't know that I'd be a big fan of the Skype and FaceTime. So, what other things do you tell people to do when they're doing in-person networking? Um, pointers that you have, uh, advice about how to find these people because uh, again I'm just going to reference for my audience there's an earlier show I did with Dave Optin from ExecuNet which is the largest networking group in the United States on here it comes again LinkedIn their online <laughs> group is the largest group on LinkedIn with over 250,000 members wow. and his statistic that I keep now repeating is 70% of all positions are filled through networking and 70% of those 70% are filled by people who occur because of people that weren't known to the job hunter at the beginning of their search. They're completely new people. So I'm just curious if you have any pointers for how to reach out to new people other than getting out of the house. Right. No, I, I agree with those numbers. I don't have the empirical evidence, but uh, I, just uh, anecdotally, that, that makes complete sense to me and from what I've seen with uh, people in my classes. And so people, you know, if, if 70% of jobs are filled that way, why are most people spending 70% of their jobs in front of the computer or spending 70, 70% of their job search time in front of the computer? It's backwards. Um, as far as... Uh, Figuring out who to contact, I I think start with spending some time at home making lists. Who are all the people you know in the world? Uh, They say on average people know about 300 other people. And, you know, put together a list of who's all your family, friends, neighbors, people you've worked with in the past from every job throughout your your career history, um, who are people that you stand next to at your kids' uh, soccer games, and who are the people that uh, you uh, uh, see at the the restaurant or at church all the time, and uh, put that list together and start developing a strategy then, how, you know, which ones are your kind of A career-related contacts, and certainly one by one start working down through that list, and then keep going with all the others as well. But the key with each one of those contacts is making them understand that what you're really looking for is one or two other names that would be worthwhile for you to connect to as well. So your list is constantly growing, and if you get in the habit of doing that, um, 
you're going to uh, never run out of people to, to contact. The uh, you know you're not, obviously not going to get a name from everybody you talk to. You might not get a name from the first eight people you talk to, but you might get five names from number nine and ten. And so you have to keep plugging away. There was a, a, a tape I listened to many years ago of uh, top salespeople uh, with the old Merrill Lynch. And this was the, these were the days where Merrill Lynch was doing very well. And the firm had flown the top 1% of the top 1% to Hawaii for, for a shindig. And they brought in a guest speaker to talk to these people. And I remember listening to the tape, and, and the trainer was going, how would you like to increase your book of business by at least 5%? And it would just take five seconds to do it on any phone call. Would you like to learn that technique? Sure, everyone goes. Okay, you in the front row. I want you to time this. Ready? Go. Is there anyone else you know who I could be helping? Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly. all it takes. Is there anyone you, else you know who might be helpful to me, who might teach me some of the things I might need to know in order to find my next job? Anyone you could point me to. Right. Well, you know, just that concept of anybody else you know that I can help is, I think, having that attitude yourself when you're networking of how can I be helpful to this person as well. And, you know, be sincere about it and not come up with some contrived ways that sound phony or being that uh, person that I had somebody write me recently saying, you know, how do I do that without sounding like that slimy guy that's just trying to be nice to get something from you? Um, but I think sincerity just goes a long way to that. You know, be listening to what they're talking about and if you know you both have uh, or you know somebody that has the same kind of interests they do or is in the same field and uh, may have something to offer you know offer to make those introductions yourself as you're building your own network that network can be valuable for other people as well and so offer to make connections for them if they're interested Um, the more you can that they understand that this is a two-way street and you can be an asset and, and of help to them, they're much more willing to help you then as well. As the old saying goes, give more, get more. Exactly. I've found that to be true in my life and in my search career uh, as, as a, I don't want to call it a technique because then it does sound contrived, uh, but as, as a practice for me uh, where I help others, and lo and behold, a lot of help comes back. Now, we're coming up on the end of our time with one another, Harry, so if there's one more real juicy one that you've got for the audience, I'd love <laughs> them to hear it. Uh, yeah, I wish I had that last one to knock out of the park, but I, I don't have anything else for you, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Every once in a while, when I ask the question that way, I get a real juicy one, but not yeah. this time. That's okay. Uh, folks, uh, I, I just want to check with Harry. Um, how can people, could you tell people about the Wise Job Search uh, website and, and the kind of stuff that you have there uh, for people? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, essentially a blog, but I've written on it for the last uh, few years. One of the things I think uh, for both you, Jeff, and me that uh, gives us pretty good insight about 
uh, into the job market is that we've been recruiters for a number of years, and so we get always to hear from our clients and our candidates in terms of what's working and what's not, and what uh, what makes a client or, a, or an employer decide to hire one individual over another, and all those kind of things are great fodder for for being able to advise candidates how to be more effective in their job search. And so I've taken. Uh, there's over 300 articles on there uh, that cover every aspect of a job search. A lot of it, it has to do with attitude, making sure that you're in the right frame of mind and have the right uh, uh, attitude when you're talking to people. And uh, it covers networking extensively, as we've been talking about. It covers uh, interview skills and resume, best practices, and a number of other things. And so uh, people have found it quite helpful. Its articles have been picked up by a lot of national publications, and uh, it really can make a difference in terms of having practical advice that uh, that you can use tomorrow. That's terrific, Harry, and thank you for making time today. And folks, so that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful, and if you did, here are a few more ways to get more from me. First of all, visit my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. I have more than 6,000 blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated information with a focus on interviewing. If you decide to take the lifetime membership at the site, it's $299 currently, but that's the price of a coaching session or an hour of coaching from me, and I'll be giving that to you if you join with a lifetime membership. Have a few questions? Contact me through the Magnify app for iOS or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, scheduling in time for Magnify or Presto Experts, speak with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help you with a salary negotiation or my trusted advisor services, and much, much more. Like you, I don't work for free. I do charge for what I do. You can take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands and thousands of courses, not just simply mine, on a host of different subjects that can help you in many different ways. Lastly, join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 250 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're attempting to build a supportive group there. Ask to join. I'm not letting recruiters in at this point. So I'll be back tomorrow with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This Thanksgiving, think outside the oven and get Thanks Grilling with Ace. Get a new grill and choose from top brands like Traeger, Weber, and Big Green Egg to add even more flavor to your Thanksgiving turkey, side dishes, and desserts. Plus, right now, get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories $3.99 and up. For the best help on the best grills, stop by your local Ace and get Thanks Grilling. Ace Rewards members only through December 24th. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.